We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you, as always, by DraftKings.com. We're also brought to you by the FCFL, the fan-controlled football league. James, we're recording a day early this week, uh, due in large part to the fact that it turns out baseball is starting back up tomorrow. Uh, and you obviously have a large hand in our baseball coverage at Rotowire.com. Um, so if you're into baseball, make sure you check out all of James' prospect work on the website. Um, but this will probably be, what, your your second-to-last appearance on the NBA pod of the season, I mean, if I can convince you to of, come back on next week, of the regular season, right? Uh, probably will be on around the draft, but yeah. Yep. Um, you know, you were asking for topics before the show. Chase Bunger just had a pretty nice no look pass. If you want to talk about that, well, that's and what I was going to uh, say. The last like three days in the <laughs> office here, and we're doing it right now. We have watched nothing but McDonald's All American dunk contest, three point shootouts, and games because that's what's been on ESPNU and I think NBA TV. Uh, so right now we are watching the 06 All American game, uh, which featured Javaris Crittenton, currently in prison. Uh, featured Gerald Henderson, who I don't know who's announcing this game, but they said he's a lock to be a multi-time All-Star. Oh, really? <laughs> Jury's still out. He's only 30. Uh, That's a possibility. Um, but yeah, as, as as you said, Chase Budinger throwing things down. I think he won the dunk contest this year as well. Man. Where does he rank on your like pantheon of, of favorite Arizona guys? Uh, he, you know, he, he wasn't a big winner, so no, he, he's, he's probably not top five or top six or I mean, he's probably borderline top 10. Like, he, he kind of had a – he's in that sort of 
Hassan Adams, uh, <laughs> Salim Stoudemire. No offense, but like just kind of the the guys who Not had who had their like kind of run as the best player on the team, but didn't really do anything with that run. And uh, you know they were fun to watch. They didn't really do much in the NBA either. So it's just kind of we're left thinking about that that one time they did that one thing and that one game on that team that didn't go to the Sweet 16. Who is your favorite Arizona player ever? Like the guy that you will forever vouch for both uh, at the college level? Probably Luke, probably Luke Walton. Luke Walton, really? Yeah. And that was the case back well, when he was playing? Or has uh, that been something that's developed? It, so that one season, like that, that 2000 season, I think Gilbert Arenas was my pl- favorite player on that team. But as things have kind of you know played out since then – I kind of look back fondly on on Luke Walton. I mean, he's a four year player. I feel like I look fondly on Gilbert Arenas more now than I did five years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't. I think he just kind of embodied what we were trying to do sure. uh, back then with the program, and um, you know, I love I love the Miles Simon Mike Bibby teams. Sure. Uh, you know, I love that we can claim Steve Kerr, we can claim Kenny Lofton and Sean Elliott. I love that, but. Uh, the early 2000s was kind of my my heyday as a cats fan ironically enough today is luke walton's birthday oh nice. he's only 38 years old i would have thought he was in his 40s for sure um he was playing in the nba not all that long ago 2012 uh 2013 for the cleveland cavaliers speaking of um college basketball players the, we haven't really talked too much about the NCAA tournament the last couple of weeks, due in large part to the fact that pretty much all of the prospects that we were gushing over a few weeks ago got knocked out. Um, and, you know, as we head into the Final Four, we still have McCall Bridges. We still have, I mean, Devontae Graham and Malik Newman are probably late first, early second round prospects with Kansas. Um, but, but for the most part, the big name prospects that, that we've been looking out for uh, were knocked out early. Was there anything that these guys did or didn't do, you know, that, that kind of, I wouldn't say dramatically affects their stock because I think when most of these guys only played one or two games, only so much can happen. Um, but was there anything that you saw over these first couple weekends that made you either like one of the prospects more or kind of second guess one of your previous evaluations? Uh, the guy that improved his stock most in my, per, for, for me personally, was uh, Wendell Carter. Yeah. I just, and that, that was probably more to do with me just not watching a ton of Duke games all the way through during the regular season and just getting a lot of looks at him. Uh, you know, when I would be watching Duke games in the tournament, it would basically just turn into me watching just Wendell Carter and not really caring about what was happening in the actual game. And I just, I'm I'm a big fan. I think that he he's kind of in that that next tier to me very Clearly, like he's not in the the eight and Doncic tier, but he's right there with Bagley, Jackson, Bamba. Uh, I really think you can make a case that the Carter, Bagley, Jackson, Bamba foursome, I really think could go in any order, and I would, I think you could justify it. So I, I just think that that's that's definitely not where I was on him a couple weeks ago. I thought he was kind of in that Sexton, McCall Bridges sort of mm-hmm. tier, and I think he's he's firmly in my top six now. I think there's this belief with Wendell Carter because he he looks bigger, you know, than a guy like Baggy that he's like he's not a good athlete. 
You know, like he, he, he lumbers a little bit when he runs, but I think he's a very underrated athlete. I think he's a very physical rebounder. I mean, if you, if you look at his numbers from the Kansas game, he only had 10 points, two rebounds, you know, nothing jumps off the page there, but he did only play 22 minutes. He had five fouls, ended up fouling out of that game with a few minutes left. Um, and he was, you know, saddled with foul trouble for most of the game. So couldn't really be as physical as he wanted. I think ceiling wise, there's really no debate that Bagley's ceiling is you know, quite a bit higher than that of Carter, but I think you could make a pretty strong argument that Carter's floor is quite a bit higher than Bagley's, right? Yeah, and I think he's more integratable. Like I think, yeah. I think any team in the league could take Wendell Carter and have zero mm-hmm. problems, like having him assimilate into their right. mix of talent. And with uh, Bagley, like that's that's a knock. It's not even necessarily a fair knock, but it's just like you you kind of would have to structure your offense in in a specific way if he's on the court and same thing with your defense whereas Carter you know he could he's going to be able to guard fours and fives he's going to be able to play the four and the five he's going to be able to stretch the court he's going to be able to protect the rim he doesn't need the ball I mean there's just not it's not not hard to envision how he's going to have a long productive NBA career yeah, I know this isn't a perfect comparison, like style-wise, but I think he could be like a Thaddeus Young type. You know, like I wouldn't, I would never necessarily expect Wendell Carter to be like a multi-time All-Star, but like you said, he can. There, any NBA team in the league is looking for a guy like him, and he could play twenty. You know, his third year in the NBA, he could probably play twenty-five minutes for like twenty-eight teams in the NBA. And, and with Bagley, I think you're bringing Bagley in under the expectation that. You know he's not going to be like he's not going to be your star player, your number one option right away. But you can't necessarily just throw him out there and and say you know go you know just go go fit in with these guys. Like you do kind of have to build things around Marvin Bagley, and and in some ways they did that at Duke. I mean they played Wendell Carter essentially out of position to to allow Bagley to do what he wanted to do. I, I don't know if you watched that game against Kansas on Sunday. It did feel like Bagley was like woefully underutilized at the end of that game and, and some credit goes to Kansas you know for for the way they defended him but you know they had Svee Mikhailuk mm-hmm. like basically playing behind Bagley in the high post for a lot of that second half and you know I, th- I think Bagley's post game is probably a little more underdeveloped you know when he gets outside of the restricted area but at the same time it just felt like they weren't even looking to him late in that game I'm Kind of speechless because I just saw Sharon Collins uh, <laughs> reject Ty Lawson's stuff at the rim, uh, but yeah, I, I mean it's that's kind of the way that March goes though. Like it's going to come down to your guards. Like how many times can you successfully get your big man the ball and mm-hmm. let him go to work? Like in a close game like that, it almost always just comes down to your best guard try to break someone down off the dribble, maybe kick it out to an open guy. But like it's just. College college is just so different from the pros where the everyone just kind of sucks in mm. on that big guy and makes it really tough for him to work and uh yeah I don't I don't think it probably should have come down to that that Duke had way more talent but it's they their uh floor was quite a bit lower than I think a lot of people wanted to admit right. going into the tournament just because of their youth yeah yeah I mean and they struggled uh, at, at times against Syracuse zone and then I think Kansas you know was able to pick them apart late in that game it was smart of Bill Self to put LeGerald Vick as kind of the middle guy you know not you usually you throw a four or a five in that spot and they had Vick kind of acting almost as like a libero in volleyball like the way he was just getting and firing off touch passes you know most of which went to Malik Newman 
Um, I like Malik Newman, by the way, as an NBA prospect, not as a first round pick, but he's what, 6'5, 6'6, an extremely good athlete. I think he's a guy that, had he had a better freshman year two years ago at Mississippi State, could have been like a back end lottery pick. I mean, he was fifth or sixth best player in the country coming out of high school, and that, that whole situation uh you know deteriorated so quickly that i think it, it kind of hurt his stock but he's someone i think certainly to keep an eye on um, I, I like vic i yeah, I, vic I hate vic's hair i don't know yeah. what he's doing with that not that <laughs> not that you right. asked but uh like i was going to ask i think i like i i don't really care i don't think anyone on that team's going to be all that good yeah. but like i think vic like newman to me just still sort of seems like a guy that like maybe thinks he's a bit better than he is and i don't you don't want to take a wing like that mm-hmm. who has the potential to be like a defensive stopper but kind of still thinks of himself as just this right. go-to option offensively. So yeah, uh, I think Vic appeals to me a little bit more in that respect. But sure. um, uh, What about the guys – I was talking to, to one of our coworkers, <clears throat> KOB, yesterday about you know Duke has four or five stars coming in next year, including Tyus Jones' little brother, who I know you're – uh, excited to watch and it kind of presents the same issue that that we've seen like at Kentucky over the last few years where if you're if you're going to stick around at Duke you know it's gotten to the point where you nothing's guaranteed because you have the top three players in the class plus you know who some would say is the number one point guard coming in does that mean like if you're Gary Trent or Trayvon Duvall like do you basically have to declare for this draft and like Trayvon Duvall had a nice game against Kansas I think he had 20 points but also took a horrifically bad shot at the end of the game that essentially sealed Duke's fate. Um, I mean, I don't think he's a player that helped himself all that much. I think he's kind of sat comfortably in that like 20 to 30 range. Yeah. And his main appeal is he's athletic. He has, you know, a defensive profile that, that NBA teams like, but he has really no semblance Mm -hmm. of a consistent jump shot at this point. I think that Duvall needs to go because you can't, like the worst thing you can do as a point as a point guard, like a point guard only type of guard, is stick around knowing that you're not gonna be right. He can't play off get, ball. Right. Like so, he's he's just gonna be their backup point guard if he stays. So yeah, he needs to go. Uh, Trent, I think, could stay, and I think probably should stay. Like I mean, you could have. Uh, we I talk about this with you. I talk about it with like plenty of people. Like just what's what's better, like going and getting like a quick. NBA paycheck and then kind of fizzling out or staying for like three or four years somewhere like Duke and kind of being a a legend and like you know a guy that could always kind of show up and be welcome yeah. with with open arms I mean he because he just seems like a guy where you know third year fourth year Trent is like a pretty key piece on a team that's probably going to contend for a title like I mean he could be and and guys that are shooters like that like I don't think the uh expiration date on them as a prospect like dissolves the way it does like an athletic point guard like Mm -hmm. Duvall like it's anyone's gonna take like a a a shooting guard that that has is shooting like 42 or 44 percent in college I mean look at McCall Bridges I mean it's not hard to imagine and Gary Trent you know is a much much more or a much highly rated prospect, I guess, if you want to put it that way, coming out of high school. Like, I think he was a guy who was viewed as a 50-50 one and done, you know, probably closer to 60-40 coming into the year. Uh, but unlike Duvall, like, with the with the class that Duke has coming in, like, Gary Trent, you could still pencil in right. as a starter. I mean, you could yeah, go Jones, Trent, right. Reddish, exactly. Zion, and, exactly. and Barrett. And obviously that's a little bit of a smaller lineup. 
Um, but at some, you know, those all four of those guys are going to start. I don't think there's really much of a question about that. Um, and he is the type of player that whether he leaves or not, like, I don't know that there's a ton he could do to really help his stock or hurt his stock, right. you know, unless he just falls off a cliff as a shooter, whether, you know, he's not the type of player who you look at and say like, we want to get this guy in our system at age 19, you mm-hmm. know, he's going to be the same type of player at age 21 that he is right now. Uh, so I agree with you on that. Uh, last guy I want to hit on is Bamba played well, um, you know, in, in Texas's loss. I heard he got Nevada. squeezed by the refs in that game. Yes, bit. he did. He fouled out uh, in 31 minutes, had 13 points, 14 rebounds. I don't think he played at all in overtime. Um, they lost that game, but I thought he looked good. I mean, there were a couple possessions where you really realize how raw he is. Like, they dumped it down to him. and cl- I mean, he's got five inches on anybody guarding him on Nevada, and he – there was one where he was like two feet from the hoop and turned for like a left or a right-handed kind of mini hook and just completely airballed it, like left it way short. And I mean, like that's, I guess I didn't realize quite how limited he is. Like if he's not catching a lob or getting yeah. a rebound directly under the rim, there's really not a great chance of him scoring. And, and that was evident against what you would probably consider inferior competition in terms of the guys who were defending him. Right. I mean, that, the nice thing from a, a pro perspective is like his flaws to a certain extent are things that he should be able to get quite a bit better right. at and the stuff he does that you can't really teach like it's kind of to the thousandth degree like you, you can't teach someone having that wingspan yeah. and being that big of a defensive presence so he definitely belongs in the top six it's just going to kind of come down to who's picking in that three to six mm-hmm. range uh do they want to chase kind of like a a guy they think could be a two-way superstar do they want to just kind of take his defensive presence and kind of sort of model things after what what Utah's doing I think I think Rudy Gobert's really opened some eyes this season just kind of proving how dominant a team can be without a ton of offensive talent if you just have one of the best defensive players in the league at center. I mean, it's just kind of crazy what they've been able to do just because of having Gobert. And I got to assume that's going to appeal to a handful of teams picking up at the top. Right. I I think Bamba's flaws are very similar, like you said, to the flaws that Gobert had, very similar to the flaws that DeAndre Jordan had coming out of A&M. And I think Bamba was probably a better college player than DeAndre. And and that's going to be reflected in where he's picked. I mean, DeAndre was an Mm -hmm. early second rounder. And and I think the expectation in the modern NBA for a big man like that, you don't have to necessarily be two-dimensional. I mean, ideally, you can score and defend at that level. But like you said with Gobert, I mean, if as long as you can run to the rim and catch lobs, like that's considered enough offensive skill. Whereas 15 years ago, if Bamba was coming out and couldn't score on a 6'8 guy with a, with a drop step, that would be a huge red flag. Right. And like to me now, that's just not that big of a deal. Like as long as you can catch lobs, that's really all you need, and anything after that is kind of gravy offensively. Um, and where do you think is the best fit for Bamba? Okay, um, gotta gotta pull, I like, gotta uh, pull it up. Gotta pull it up. I mean, there's Memphis is the one. I guess if they keep Marcus All, you could kind of cross them off. But pretty much any other team that's going to be picking high could use him. I mean, he'd be a. Uh... He'd be a good fit on on all these teams, really. Uh, I'd I'd kind of I'd like the fit in Dallas a lot, yes. just because I I think that 
he would get maximized there or there's a better chance he gets maximized there than like Phoenix could use him but I mean he's the type of guy that he could go to Phoenix and just kind of just melt away into nothing and shout out Marquis Chris <laughs> I mean the theoretically like the best version of Bamba and the best version of Dragon Bender is a pretty intriguing right five four uh but that's what are the odds of that happening that's the thing about phoenix is like of all these bad teams phoenix is the worst team in the league right now but memphis atlanta orlando dallas like none of those teams have devin booker i think i like josh jackson i think you probably like him as well more than most people do and i mean they're not they're just not that far off you know they're one of the teams that i think people think are going to throw an offer at aaron gordon they might try to get in on jabari parker like they're they're a little bit closer to at least, you know, maybe not becoming a contender or even returning to the playoffs, but they're at least close to getting what you would consider a pretty decent young core. What do you think about the Bulls? Bulls would be a lot of fun for because him. the Bulls, he, are, the Bulls he, aren't that far away from being the eight seed, right? And he would kind of get to, you know, whatever Robin Lopez can do in terms of mentoring him, but also just kind of having that uh, that long term duo of Markinen and Bamba, I really think would kind of play to right. both of their strengths. Well, yeah, I mean, if you talk about the prototypical person to put next to Bamba or the prototypical guy to put next to Markinen, yeah. like the way their skills complement each other perfectly. Yeah, I mean, a hypothetical starting five next year of what Dunn, Levine, player X at small <laughs> forward, uh, Markinen and some Bamba. guy. <laughs> I, I would buy a, a Mo Bamba Chicago Bulls jersey if if that happens. Uh. I would not. Uh, okay. I mean, the fact that I haven't bought a Markkinen one it probably <laughs> speaks to the likelihood of me buying a Bamba one. Yeah, how have you not? How have you not? How do you not own a Markkinen Arizona jersey? I just don't. I'm. I like baseball jerseys more than NBA okay, jerseys, yeah. just because it's like I don't. The older I get, the less opportunities I have to wear basketball jerseys. So I found the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I've. I really like the like super high quality MLB jerseys, like the thirty five dollar ones that are just really nice t shirt material, and you know you can kind of wear them anywhere. Uh, I'm I'm into that. Um, you're shaking your head, no jerseys? Uh, like you're just talking like a normal t shirt? Yeah, but not like the super cheap ones, like the not the ones that like cost like twenty bucks at Walmart or whatever. Like the, sure. the nice ones you get from the like the shop that you okay. like actually want to wear, not just because of what it says on it, but just because it, mm. it's a really nice uh shirt. I want a Luka Doncic uh Real Madrid jersey. I will buy that if somebody makes it available yeah, to me. This is a call for help. This is this is a plea for help. Somebody <laughs> please find a way for me to get an authentic Luka Doncic Real Madrid jersey. I will buy it. I just need access to it i haven't been able to find it yet so someone let me know if that's if that's out there it's purely an access issue um (laughs) last note on the draft i'm looking at phoenix right now and they right now they would have the number one pick based on lottery odds we knew that you know they're probably going to get the bucks pick that's protected one through 10 and 17 through 30 so in all likelihood they'll end up with you know a top three or four pick plus milwaukee's pick which would be like 15 or 16 Mm -hmm. And they also get Miami's pick this year, which I did not realize. And that's only one through seven protected. So that's, at this point, guaranteed to convey. So we're looking at like a probably 90-plus percent chance that Phoenix has one, two, or three, 15 or 16, and then – or 15 and 16, I guess, would because Milwaukee and, and Miami are likely to finish right. seven and eight in the East. So it's not, a good, interesting it's not a good year to have 15 and 16. It's though. not, but you could package those picks. Plus they have 31. For what? To Who move the, up. Who wants those? 
People want those. This is not a like. Like I was surprised that the uh, Portland did it last year. Sacramento's done it. Man, I guess teams have Phoenix been able to do it. Did it a couple years ago? Isn't that how they got Chris? Well, they had. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying there are assets to be had. I mean, God bless them if they can if they can package <laughs> those two and move up into like the top ten or something. Then hats off. But I, this is this is such a top heavy draft. It is, like. Though. Even just the gap between picking like six or seven versus picking eight or nine is just a massive gap. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, okay, let's talk about Fultz a little bit. Alex and I talked uh, talked a, a decent amount about Markel Fultz on Tuesday's pod, but I'd like to get your thoughts. I do feel like, and I said this yesterday, I feel like the uh, the reactions were a little too positive yeah. yesterday. I, oh, I don't yeah. want to take anything away from Fultz. I think <laughs> it was encouraging how aggressive he was. I think... I would much rather have him take 13 shots yesterday in 14 minutes like mm-hmm. he did than him come out and take like two shots and just be passive. Uh, but at the same time, he he didn't quite look uh, ready to contribute. Like, I, I was listening to a pod yesterday where they're like, you know, how do you fit him into the rotation? Does he play 30 minutes a night in the playoffs? Like, I don't think so. I don't think this no. guy is going to be ready to do <laughs> anything more than what he did two nights ago. And we'll see. I mean, they're they're playing home against New York tonight. That'll be another... Another test for him to go up against Nilakina. Um, but I, I just don't see him being like an actual difference maker in the playoffs. No. It, there were way too many gifts of the like pull up fourteen footer he hit than like that why weren't that why weren't people like uh sharing the the air ball? Like, I mean it was just everyone really was just going head first into putting a positive spin on that debut and it's it's cool. It's like cool, the number one pick finally <laughs> finally played in a game it's cool uh but it's yeah like you said that he can't shoot from three at all right now right. and so that basically means he's ben simmons backup yeah i i think barring you know kind of rapid improvement over these last seven or eight games but i think would who who like is a better player right now out of him and TJ McConnell. It's got to be McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. So right. and and do part of that is the fact that McConnell has just been playing all year. Yeah. And he's you and know, he can shoot and he can make an open three if he's not going to make right. all. He's not going to make more than like maybe thirty eight percent of his wide open threes, but he right. he will hit some. And I mean the rotations get shorter in the playoffs. Like I. I think Fultz is going to have a DNP in the playoffs, oh, yeah. at least Absolutely. at least I, one. I think there's going to be games where, I mean, like you said, if, if Fultz is not going to be comfortable shooting threes, he cannot be on the court alongside no, Simmons. No, At almost, you know, I mean, maybe late in the game or something if it's out People of hand. People will, like, like, and it's, like, I would rather leave him wide open than even a guy like Andre Roberson because, like, Roberson at least, like, has hit three-pointers like I mean, this is he's hurt, but like two years uh, ago, yeah. That like, Fultz, if you leave him wide open in the playoffs, like he might not even t- he might not even take it. Like he might he might just like sort of try to dribble in right. or pass it to someone. Like it's just yeah, you definitely do not have to guard him unless he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know Monday's game was colored by the fact that Denver just doesn't play defense whatsoever, and. I uh, I think they're going to get him backup minutes in the playoffs. You know, I think they'll work him in, but I just don't see this being some sort of like big X factor. You know, of like what is the Sixers' ceiling now? Fultz is back, and I'm, 
I want him to succeed. I don't. Nobody's rooting against him at this point, right? I mean, everybody wants him to be good. I think the, the ship has just sailed on him being a real impact guy this year. And and one of the things I said to Alex yesterday was like, even if he had played all year, there's a pretty decent chance that he wouldn't have been an overwhelming positive. You know, not many rookie point guards are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think anything you get from Fultz is just kind of, you know. It's still going to be a storyline next year because oh, yeah. this is a team that is just kind of sort of found their identity without him and you know integrating him like they're going to come into next season with all kinds of terrible predictions from people saying they're going to win like 55 games or whatever it is and I think it's going to be tough for them to integrate him without it affecting wins and losses next right. year well especially with LeBron there I mean if Fultz <laughs> can't shoot I don't I can he play with LeBron and Simmons support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank when you're looking for a credit card Get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Um, all right, what else? Oh, I want to revisit before we wrap up. Uh, we talked about first team All NBA. We did our entire All NBA teams a couple weeks ago. So if you want to go back and listen to that for some reason, it is available on the internet. Has anything changed? I mean, our biggest disagreements were with the guard spots. Um, can we safely rule Curry out? He's going to play around 50 games this year. And granted, a lot of other players are missing a ton of games, so it doesn't mean maybe quite as much as it would in other years. But, like, where do you draw the line in terms of, like, all right, you know, if you miss 30-plus games, you just can't be a first-teamer? I think it has to matter, like, who the options are. Like, if this was, like, 50 games – these 50 games from Curry, I think, put him pretty easily on an all-NBA team, like, say, 10 years ago or whatever. Uh, Four years ago, maybe. Sure, yeah. I think the fact that there are so many quali- quality candidates this year makes it tough to to put him on. I, mm-hmm. And I mean, if you, how many more games is Chris Paul going to play than him? Probably not too many more. Um, I mean, I feel like it doesn't necessarily help Curry that he's missing like the last month of the mm-hmm. season. You know, not that it's supposed to matter, but that's what's going to be on the mind of voters. Whereas Chris Paul missed his chunk of games much right. earlier. Paul's played fifty four. As of now. So he'll probably play like 61, 62. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I think I had Paul in. I had Curry in. I think I'd probably take Curry out. And I had uh, – I think I had Oladipo. Did I have Oladipo and Westbrook out? Because I would – I know you had – I think you did, yeah. So I think I would – I would go with uh, Lillard and Harden as my first team now. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would go CP and uh, who are the other people? <laughs> uh, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just like good, good guards. Who are the other? Who are the other uh, guys? I mean, Russ um, is an option. Well, so uh, I, I think I had 
I think I had Kyrie on. Mm-hmm. Well, he's so another guy that's kind of. I in think the I same probably would take Kyrie off now. Yeah, and I would put Russ and Oladipo on. So I would have. I think I would have Oladipo and Russ as my third team. I would have DeRozan and CP as my second team, and then I would have Lillard and uh, Harden as my first. Uh, so team. Curry and Kyrie are just off entirely. I think so, yeah. I think I think Curry will still make one, whether it's fair or not. Kyrie is a little more questionable just because his production wasn't quite as well, good. Well, then, I mean, but somebody – like, do you think people will pick 50-game Curry and leave Oladipo off? I think they will, yeah. Okay. I think, I think Curry – and there's obviously there's no, like, set strategy for how – or precedent for how you're supposed to do these votes. But I think Curry's missed enough games that he's not justifiable on the first team – I think some guys will put him on second team, and he'll certainly get some first team votes. That's that's not out of the question. But to me, like if you miss I that think, many games, it, it shouldn't knock you out. See, of the I think there's entirely. too much of a uh, narrative about Oladipo's season and mm-hmm. Indiana's season, and like I just think that it's going to be hard for a right. lot of voters to, oh, to leave him off. Him. And I think you can basically put DeRozan and Westbrook on for sure at this point, right? Yeah. Do, well, do you Kevin see any Durant, scenario where those two don't get on? Oh, no. I mean, I had DeRozan on my second yeah. team. I think he might – it's going to be DeRozan versus Lillard, and I guess you can throw Russ in there for that second first-team spot, uh-huh. I think. For what it's worth, Kevin Durant on the Bill Simmons pod said unequivocally it's Russ. He said if, if Steph's not the second guard on the first team, it's Russ. Okay. So that's that's one uh, player perspective. That's Okay. I don't think Russ is going to – I mean, Lillard I think has played – you know, inarguably better than Russell Westbrook for like 70% of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his team is going to be better. Right. I think that's going to be a factor. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think the injuries, the injuries. I think, see, like you can, I don't think it's like you're not sliding Kyrie and no, Steph no, when no, they no, miss no. that many games. And I think it's just, it is kind of a slap in the face to a guy like Oladipo. If you say, yeah, I know you like had this amazing year that nobody saw coming and your team played really well and you were awesome and like you're way better than we thought. But this Curry guy, I mean, he only played 50 games, but what are we going to do? Like, can't, well, It goes like, back to the, the debate, what it ultimately comes down to for any award or all-NBA team or all-star team. It's like, are we doing who is the best player? Or who was like the most valuable player during this set period? I mean, everyone knows that Curry's better right. than all these guys. Like, he doesn't need to be on the first team. But or I the think second people have a problem with that. Like, for... when they some voters look and say, "I know Steph Curry so much better than Oladipo. How can I justify?" Well, then let's Oladipo? put then let's put Kawhi on the third team. I right. mean, <laughs> well, that's the argument, right? Like, Seriously, like, like, no seven if, games. If that's that all played, that matters yeah. is just we have to get the best players on the team. Then right. let's put Kawhi on. No, exactly, and I think. There's no way to ever like actual level like level the field in terms of how people vote. Um, the other spot that we were really debating was first team forwards, and I think I think LeBron has solidified his spot over the last month, due in part to how he's played, and secondly that Kevin Durant you know has missed another couple weeks. Did Durant ever have a case to be on it? I think I think Durant still could get that second spot. It was it's between so LeBron, Durant, and Giannis. For like, two forward spots. I, I just I never thought of Durant as having a viable case to be on over Giannis or LeBron just based on games played. And okay. like the fact that he's uh you know, he's been way worse than Giannis defensively and worse than LeBron offensively. 
I th- I think there's a chance that he gets one of the forwards. I think you're right. I just think it's going to be should ridiculous. I think it be LeBron and Giannis right like, now. I think it would just be absurd. Yeah. And you can't that, – that Golden State team might be, like, the most underachieving team right. in recent memory. And – well, we both took the over on what, like seventy, yeah. seventy-one like, what, and a half. I was like, oh, <laughs> good. what are they going to win? Seventy-four? Like, yeah, that was what I think. I locked that in. Who's this fat guy? Is that your boy, Bernardo Sidney? No, uh, he's really fat. Is that Jason Maxio? Man, I don't know. Sorry, this, is, this is bad. I'm bad ta- audio. I'm right talking now. about the the one in the white, right? Okay, this is the 03 McDonald's game we're watching. So there, LeBron just shook uh, Duty Eb. <laughs> to catch that alley um yeah i don't know I'll, I'll have to look at that roster but it's great podcasting yeah um really need to know who this fat guy is there's two f- the, to be fair there are a couple fat guys out there i'm talking about the fattest guy okay. i see charlie feeling away that's, that's all i can focus on right now uh, i'm gonna take this opportunity to tell the listeners about DraftKings. believe it or not for like the eighth week in a row we're still running a special offer for new DraftKings subscribers you get a free six-month road wire subscription when you create a DraftKings account and make your deposit of at least $10, now is a great time to redeem that with baseball starting tomorrow and a ton of baseball content being dumped all over the site by great writers like James. Um, and if you sign up for DraftKings, you get a free $3 ticket to a one-day fantasy sports contest deposited right into your account. So you get that $10 uh, in your account plus that free $3 ticket plus the free Rotowire subscription, mm. which includes all of our DFS tools. You can use that for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Just go to DraftKings.com slash Rotowire-2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription. And, of course, we're also brought to you by the FCFL, everyone's favorite football league. If you love drafting your fantasy team, imagine drafting a real professional team. The FCFL is bringing fantasy sports uh, and Madden franchise mode to a real football field. You can scout players, draft rosters, hire coaches, call plays in real time, and even pick the team's name and help design its logo. But unlike Madden Franchise Mode, these are real teams with real athletes. The FCFL will feature eight professional teams playing a full season of fast-paced indoor football in a high-tech production facility built for a digital audience. If you would like to learn more about the FCFL, go to www.fcfl.com. Io. Everything is made by fan vote, so your voting power comes in the form of what are called fan tokens, and you earn these tokens each time you vote and engage with the team. If you'd like to learn more specifically about the fan tokens, go to fantoken.network today. All right. Um, you got any baseball stuff you want to plug? <laughs> I have no more. I have no more basketball thoughts for this week. I just can't wait for. The baseball season to start. I can't wait for the NBA playoffs to start. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much – let's go. How many baseball leagues are you in this year? I'm in zero, for the record. Well, I think it'd be more fun. consecutive year. It'd be more fun if you just guessed. Well, considering I follow you on Twitter and it feels like you're doing eight (laughs) drafts every day, I'm going to say in total leagues, we're talking – best ball Mm -hmm. all these things does best do best ball leagues exist for baseball yeah i'm not in any any? okay i'm gonna guess that you were in 16 leagues oh uh i didn't think you'd go too high but you did uh 13 leagues 13 leagues is that a new career high yeah i think i was in 12 either last year or the year before so yeah 13 is a career high all right well again i mean really what do, how many of those leagues should I win? Do you think without like if how many if I don't win X amount, should I just 
completely hang them up? Should I just retire? I think if you don't win at least 30% of those leagues, you will lose your guru status. Okay. You can still be an insider, but you okay. will no longer officially be a guru. So what's 30% of 13? That's got to be, uh, what, four? I've got to win four of them. Does that seem doable? Uh... Google I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can win four of them because okay, so a few of them are four of them are head to head, and so that factors in head to head playoffs, which is a total crapshoot. Like, I think if we just if we just said finish first in the regular season as counting as winning the head to head ones, then I think I think four is doable. But okay. I I absolutely don't think I can count on having good enough luck in those head-to-head ones to to bank on winning four, knowing that some of these I'm up against really, really stiff competition. All right. Excellent. Well, I look forward to uh, (laughs) keeping updated on how you fare uh, vicariously in fantasy baseball. Last thing that I want to plug, um, I was made aware this morning that a Two Chains documentary Mm. is coming out on Netflix on Friday. Did did you know Two Chains has a book? I got a Snapchat from my fiance. She was in... uh, dc and she took a snapchat of a two chains book uh the cover looked pretty awesome <laughs> and i if i had gotten a hold of her while she was still there i would have told her to buy it and then i would have surprised you by putting it on your desk one day and having you walk into it Yo, do you know where she got it or where she saw it at uh some sort of library she was in dc i think it was at a library start checking flights to dc as soon as we <laughs> hang up there. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.